1: Or stone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving ceases. my comforter, my all-in all here in the love of Sing forth in glorious days. cry to final breath, Jesus commands my day.
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Have you told Jesus that you will belong to him and to him alone? Have you told him that you will serve him and obey him? That he is your Lord and your master? Have you told him that you will separate yourself out only for him? Do you have peace in your heart? Is there a quietness in your soul? Or is there still struggle? Conflict? Do you have an abiding trust that Jesus is enough? Or is there constant concern And searching of your heart to try to see what else do I have to do? What else do I have to be? Or do you have peace? Are you in any way endeavoring to work out your own righteousness? Work out your own salvation. There is a truth so utterly profound. This new kind of church that Jesus is going to establish in America, He is going to dismantle the old structures. He's going to dismantle and take apart the institution that we have come to know as church. Does that mean you should leave the church? No. Not unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. So what should you do? Well, first and foremost, you have to ask the question, Am I in any manner trying to work out my own salvation? Does the peace of God rule in my heart? Does the peace of Christ rule in your heart? Now, let's say you're a part of a church and it's a dead church. If you have the peace of God in your heart and you're not dead, then the question is, what should you do? Now, I want to say something that you're all going to say, well, of course, pastor. But no, don't say, well, of course, pastor. We were all raised in the American culture where we have believed if it's going to be, it's up to me. So, maybe I should set about demolishing this church structure. No. Now, hear me. Whatever is going to be useful for the kingdom of God is going to have to be initiated by God, by God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. He has been charged by Jesus to come and teach us everything we need to know about Jesus and about life. He is the initiator. And what is our task? Well, our task, very simply, Is to accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us and to place our trust in Jesus, not just an intellectual trust. Now, I'm not trying to split hairs here, but for many years I had a confident trust in Jesus, but it was an intellectual trust, and so my spirit was always in an uproar. Is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? What shall I do? Search my heart. I've got to find what the block is. No. That's not my job. My job is to trust at a very profound and deep level in my heart, in my emotions, in my spirit, to finally come to a place where I say, I will trust Jesus with my eternity. I will trust Jesus with my wife, with my husband, with my children. I will trust Jesus with the money. I had a poor man call me this morning. And he said, Pastor, my car is in the shop. I desperately need to get it out. It's going to cost $240. Could you please help me? I need to know right away because I have to have my car out of the shop. Well, immediately, my inclination is to help anyone who asks me for help. But I then turned to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I trust that you know what to do with this man's heart, for he is not a Christian. I've invited him to know you, Jesus, but he has refused. Now, Lord, if you know it is in the interest of your kingdom for me to give him $240, then I ask that you would give me the $240 before 12 o'clock noon today, and I will know that I am then to give it to him. Or you can simply tell me to give it to him, and I will do so out of my own money. I don't have any money. It all belongs to Jesus. So, I prayed, and then in perfect peace, I said, Lord, your will be done. And I thought, no more of it. At 12 noon, I went to the internet to see if anyone had given, and no one had. I said, Lord, thank you. Then I noticed there was a message on my cell phone. And this man said, Pastor, thank you. You've helped me in the past. But I've worked it out. I'm okay. I said, Lord, thank you. I trusted him. I don't have to even be concerned about where I give money or to whom I give money. Or I don't have to be concerned about any financial aspect that I'm faced with. My rent is due on the house and the studio this coming Monday. Am I concerned about it? No, I'm not. I am utterly trusting in Jesus. I've been down this road enough times That I know I can trust him to work out every detail of my life. And may I add something? I can trust Jesus to work out every detail of my salvation. So, first of all, I have to make a decision will I trust Jesus? Will I accept what he has done for me on Calvary? Will I give up trying to work out my own salvation? Some of you have been in great consternation. Some of you have been year after year agonizing over what shall I do? I have no peace in my heart. What am I going to do? Is there a block? Is this why I'm not receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Am I in some way in sin? It is important that we tarry and wait on the Holy Spirit. We find that very clearly. Jesus told them to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 1 of Acts, verse 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. They tarried before God. But when God answers and says, wait, then we wait. Peacefully and calmly we wait. So the first step, will I trust the entirety of the salvation that Jesus provided for me at the cross? And if I will accept that entire salvation and not try to add to it or subtract from it. But I will simply take it at face value for what the Word of God says. Romans 5, verse 8, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified, or since we have now been made righteous, Dikasune, by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And then we also go, over here to, to Romans, the 8th chapter. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Now, I hope you caught that. The first step is to trust Jesus provided a complete salvation on the cross. It is not for me to work out my salvation. Oh, yes, the scriptures say, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Oh, no, don't mistake that. It is God who comes and works in us to accomplish this salvation. So what is my part? (laughs) My part is empowerment by the Holy Spirit to say no to all sin. That's it. I say no to all sin and the Holy Spirit gives me the power to walk in obedience to every command of Jesus Christ. Now, those who say that you can't stop sinning are belittling the salvation Jesus provided for us on the cross of Calvary. Don't trample on the blood of Jesus Christ Don't cheapen it by saying the blood of Jesus Christ cannot break me free from the sin that has filled my heart. Now, some of you, you don't have peace in your heart. You're standing back. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from just saying, Jesus, I accept what you did for me on the cross. And now, by the power of your Spirit, I will not sin against you. I will walk in Holy Spirit virtue. I will not play with the devil. I will not play with darkness. I will walk clean before Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus Christ that has given me a full salvation. Oh, this is such good news. This is awesome news. Do you want peace in your heart? then just say no to sin. And if you can't say no to sin, you have not fully repented of that sin yet. You're still hanging on to it. And if you hang on to sin and you play with darkness, you will have no peace in your heart. That's, that's how simple this deal is. You have to make the decision. Will I accept what Jesus did at the cross? And will I then, by the power of that shed blood and the fullness of that salvation, will I say no to ungodliness to wickedness. Now, you're going to have to spend a great deal of time in the scriptures, reading and praying, and asking the Lord to teach you the way of the cross, and he will do that. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. If you go, for example, over here to the book of Ephesians, The fifth chapter. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Oh, wait a minute. You're sitting at your computer. Without warning, a pornographic image pops up on your computer. What are you going to do? Sit there and look at it? Fantasize about it? Are you going to say, away from me, devil, and close it? There must not be any kind of impurity or greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Okay, now you know. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. He'll teach you this. Nor should there be obscenity. Foolish talking. Or coarse joking. This is what is called in scripture carousing. Loud laughter and talking with a group of people carrying on. That's carousing. The Apostle Paul says, these are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this, you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. So you have the preacher stand up in front of the congregation And begin to tell jokes to warm them up, like a Johnny Carson show or a Jay Leno show or whoever the current man at the television desk is. The Lord says, Don't be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the Lord have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness rather expose them for it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything exposed by the light becomes visible for it is light that makes everything visible that's why it says wake up O sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Ephesians goes on. Be, ge- be very careful then how you live. In other words, you want to keep your peace. I don't want to do anything that will cause me to lose the peace of God in my heart. And so in everything... With prayer and supplication, I go to the Lord. And I ask the Lord what his will is regarding everything. I basically don't do anything without turning to Jesus. I'm not going to go out and live in this world as though I'm in charge, as though I have wisdom and I know where to go and what to say and how to be. No, no. I pray, I wait on the Lord, I make decisions based on the peace of Jesus and the fullness of his salvation and know that I can rest in him and know that I can trust him. Now, Jeremiah, this is a very, a very famous passage, but it's been misinterpreted. This is Jeremiah 29. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Yes, he does have that plan for us, but for the children of Israel, it was 70 years away, 70 years of cruel bondage under Babylon. says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found for you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. It was going to take the children of Israel 70 years of punishment before they would be willing to turn back to the Lord and seek him with all of their heart. I don't want you to have to undergo years of anguish and pain because you will not put your full trust in what Jesus Christ did at the cross. I don't want you to suffer physically, financially. I don't want you to be constantly searching your heart and trying to discover and create your own righteousness. I want you to place your trust in Jesus fully, completely, knowing that he loves you and cares for you, that you have turned your back on your sin, That you have said no. Now I just will give you personal testimony. I live day by day with constant peace in my heart. I live with an absolute confidence that my life rests in the hands of Jesus. Now, I urge people everywhere to pray and to pray without ceasing. Please understand when I say this. I don't have a prayer life. My life is a life of prayer you see the difference? I don't have, okay, from from this time to this time, I'm going to pray every day. No, I pray all day long. And my prayer life is interrupted by the telephone or by this radio broadcast. But even as I'm here doing this broadcast in my heart, I'm lifting my heart up to Jesus and I'm lifting you up to Jesus. I have a prayer running in my mind, even behind my speaking with you. I have a life of prayer. And I'm confident that my prayers are heard because I have such peace in my heart. Peace with Jesus if you try to bring back into your heart the burden of sin, if you think about certain things and you begin to get a guilty conscience, then know that you have not fully yet accepted the gift of Jesus' salvation for your life. You still have your own life. It is required if you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that every aspect of your life must be totally immersed in the blood of Jesus Christ, in his sacrifice on Calvary's tree. See, the Lord, the Lord is going to give birth to a new kind of church Now, that new kind of church must be born of the Spirit and not the will of man. Almost everything I know in church today has been born at the will of a man or a woman. It was their plan. It was their idea. It was their strategy. It was the institutional church. It was the culture of church. was not the Holy Spirit. I am utterly committed to not do anything that does not have the stamp of the Holy Spirit on it. I mean, right now I could take a number of different actions that in my human flesh I would say that would be a good step to take. And it would further the gospel of Jesus. No. If it's not prompted and moved by the power of the Holy Spirit, it will wear me out and it will not be fruitful. I want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, for me to know the fullness of that power, I must be baptized in the Pentecost baptism. I want you to notice, and I want you to hear this, Jesus is not going to come by the Spirit and demolish the American church. He has come by the power of his spirit to dismantle the institutional forms that we have trusted in. You know, you go to church, you sit like crows on a line, you listen to the preacher, you laugh at his jokes, you enjoy the praise and worship, you have the Eucharist and you go home and you live your normal American life. That is over for America. It's not going to work. Instead, Jesus is going to turn the modern church upside down and shake it. He's going to haul away those institutional forms that have been set in concrete and iron. And he's going to do a new thing. And that new thing is going to look like his empowering every Christian person who is serious, who will receive the fullness of his salvation, who will turn away from all known sin. He will baptize the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then every person is going to go out into the world to testify and witness that Jesus is the Christ. And that he provided a full salvation and called people to repent and turn away from their sin. And many, many, many will respond. And then we'll gather together as the, as the church, the called out ones, ecclesia, to be taught and equipped, for the work of the gospel. The pastors and the prophets are not the ones who are called to take care of the church. You are. But you can't do it without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism will not come if you are not fully trusting in the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you do not turn away from every sin, and say, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I will not walk in that sin again. It is finished. I am done. And as you make that decision, and as you make that pledge, the peace of God will enter your heart. Now, there are some of you who are going to have to make considerable restitution. You're going to have to go to family members or to businesses where you have stolen, where you have lied, where you've cheated. You're going to have to go to people you've wronged. And you're going to have to make it right. It's called restitution. But as you do so, You will have absolute peace in your heart. You will know the joy of the Lord. Last night I could barely go to sleep. I went to bed at a good hour, about 11 o'clock, and I couldn't go to sleep. It's like I'd had a full caffeinated drink before I went to bed. Well, what had happened is I'd been in my prayer closet rejoicing in Jesus and my heart was so overflowing with joy and the and the wonderful love of Jesus that I couldn't even go to sleep. All I could do was praise his name and worship him. Sometime in the night, I went to sleep and awakened this morning and again flowing from my heart was praise to Jesus. And the joy of the Lord filling my soul. I don't want to lose that joy. I don't want to lose that peace. I will say no to all sin. I will say no to every doubtful habit. I will not walk in it. I will obey the Holy Spirit promptly. And I will confess my Lord Jesus at every opportunity. I will proclaim Jesus on the radio to you. I will proclaim Jesus to my neighbors. I will proclaim Jesus to whoever will listen and express my joy and my love and my happiness in the fullness of the salvation of Jesus Christ. I will not be distracted. I will not turn to the left or to the right. I will wait upon the Holy Spirit. The Lord said to me, Wait upon the Lord. Very sternly. Wait upon the Lord. And then a little less sternly, he said, And the Lord will carry you through. And then very tenderly he said to me, I heard him as I'm now speaking to you. He said to me, rest in me, Ray. That was the first time I'd ever heard him use my personal name. Rest in me, Ray. I will rest in Jesus. I will rest in the joy of the Lord. I will rest in righteousness and holiness. And I will not allow anything to disturb my peace by turning after anything that's questionable or of darkness. I will say no. I'm going to give you an example. Yesterday, I had to go to a lamp shop over in Tyson's Corner. And so I went to find the lamp shop, and unfortunately, I did not check ahead of time to see what time it closed. And it closed right at 4 p.m., and that's when I found the lamp shop. So I didn't get my lamp repaired. It's the one that burned here in the studio. And so I turned around and I said, you know what, I wonder if I could stop at a little place and get something to eat. I'm hungry. I hadn't eaten that day at all. I'd been fasting. I thought, yes, there's several places I could go. My favorite restaurant was one that was right beside a Barnes and & Noble. And immediately in my mind, I said, and oh there is a book there i i would enjoy reading a new science fiction book by one of my favorite authors i immediately said no lord i will not i will not do that and i drove home And I had what the Lord provided for me. Please hear what I'm saying to you. Temptations will come to you. The devil will bring them. But part of what the Lord has said. Part of what the Lord has said. I'm trying to remember quickly. Where was it that he said it? He said it. Paul said it in Corinthians. My my brain is so focused on you and on Jesus that I don't remember the passage. Um, It's in Corinthians. You'll recognize it when I say it to you. It's the passage that says that no temptation will come to us, but what we can turn it aside and say no to it. That we will not be able to be tempted beyond our ability. And he's speaking here about all the temptations, the carnal temptations, every kind of temptation. No temptation will come to you, but what there will be a way of escape provided for you. And yesterday, my way of escape was to get on Interstate 495 and drive home. Rejoicing as I came home, saying, Satan, get behind me. Now, would it have been wrong to go spend a few minutes reading a book? a novel for me it would have been sin i don't read lies i want truth and so i knew what to do the same thing joseph did with potiphar's wife run go the other direction praising god for your deliverance <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? Now, Pentecost is going to come to the church. Uh, Kayla, thank you. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You're right. It is. That's the passage. The Holy Spirit is the initiator. This morning, In my regular Bible reading, I'm again reading through the book of of Samuel, 1 Samuel. And the Lord would come, the Spirit would come and fall on King Saul. And he would do what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do until he disobeyed. And then the Holy Spirit didn't come anymore. The Holy Spirit is the active agent of creation, Genesis 1. When we respond to the Holy Spirit and we say no to sin and we trust in his deliverance, and we trust in the fullness of the salvation he provided for us, and we don't try to work out our own salvation. The Holy Spirit will come and initiate the change that he wants, either in our personal life or in the church life. So I'm trusting that Jesus is going to come and fulfill the word to me that a new kind of church is being born in America. I don't see much sign of it except the church has been vomited out of its building. That's a pretty major first step, isn't it? People are not going to church. A young woman last night came up to me and she said, you're a pastor. I said, yes. Where do, where are you, Pastor? So I told her, told her about the radio. She said, Well, I'm I'm a Baptist and I go to such and such church. I know it's a mega church in the area. I said, When was the last time you were there? Oh, Pastor, it's been about a year. I said, So you're not going to church anywhere? No. Well, I hope soon you'll make a change in that and you'll find a place to worship. She said, Thank you. And she walked away. And as she walked away, I noticed the shortest mini skirt possible. Embarrassingly so I was embarrassed to even look at her. And she's saying, I'm a Christian but her clothes don't reflect the reality of her confession. See, our life has to measure up to our confession. We cannot claim to be Christians. The church cannot claim to be the Christian church and walk in the wickedness of the world as we have done, prostituting the church body of Jesus Christ. The church is not a culture. It's not an institution. And the church is not a business. It is a body. So I'm going to read this for you. Listen. While the day is being fulfilled. You recognize Pentecost is the celebration of of the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. They were all with one accord. That is, they were all turned away from sin. They were all of one accord in agreement to pray with supplication and wait for Jesus' promised Holy Spirit And suddenly there came out from heaven a noise as the rushing of a mighty wind. It wasn't a wind that blew through. It was the sound of wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues parting off as fire. And it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled by the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues of a different kind as the Spirit was giving to them to speak out. And what were they speaking? Not gibberish. They were speaking languages that were being heard by people as they came rushing to find out what this noise was about and what this fire was about. Oh, you know what I pray? I pray that over your church will come tongues of fire so that the neighbors call the fire department and say, you've got to get here. That church is burning. Oh, I pray your church burns with the Holy Spirit as he initiates a new kind of action, as he gives birth to a new kind of church. Before he does that, he's going to dismantle the old institutional, cultural, business church, the one that prostituted the body of Christ. And there's going to be a time of suffering of loneliness, of despair. We need the Holy Spirit. God bless you, my brother my sister. We'll carry this further tomorrow. I need to hear from you. If you value this broadcast and you want it to continue, it's almost time for the bill to be paid to WAVA for the airtime that we have to purchase day by day. We buy the number of days in the month, and this is 23 days. So if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to give, would you go to our website, nationalprayerchapel.com? You'll notice a lot of changes there as Brother Ed is dramatically improving, and soon we will have a new web page. I praise God for his hard work. You can also write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. My brother, my sister, I love you with all of my heart. I'm praying for you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: If you have an...